all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made from the prologue to the gospel of St. John which is the epilogue of the traditional mass in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost I recall the headlines or the title rather of a book I read a while ago Modern Man in Search of Himself by the existential psychologist Rollo May how accurately this title describes the present plight of humanity which seems to have no anchor in the turbulence and incohesiveness of much of our living today. We have an identity crisis. We do not know really who we are and what we are in relationship to others and to the world and even to God. This lack of certainty about goals and hesitation to make substantial commitments. We see this in the in the tendency for young people to delay further and further the age of marriage. All reflecting at the base of modern humanity a pervasive insecurity. Self-doubt, self-depredation are the fungus that sprout from the dead soil of our amnesia of who we are. Oddly, at the time when we boast a greater knowledge of generic man through the advances of behavioral sciences, we demonstrate a fuzziness or outright ignorance of who the individual man or woman is. The Second Vatican Council perceptively addressed this growing problem when it taught the truth is that only in the mystery of the incarnate word does the mystery of man take light. St. John Paul II, commenting on this passage from the Council, says, the man who wishes to understand himself thoroughly must, with his unrest, uncertainty, and even his weakness and sylvanness, with his life and death, draw near to Christ. Therefore, our best anthropology should be Christology. St. Paul tells us this about Christ in his epistle to the Colossians, the first chapter. All things were created in heaven and on earth, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. All things hold together. He is the glue, the cement. In him all things hold together. What happens then when we discount Christ? We unravel 
they fall apart. In Christ, the Word made flesh, God has anchored man. For man to ignore him or to deny or contravene his teachings is to de-anchor one's life and thus be thrown and hurled about by the surge of a tempestuous sea. He is the answer to the hunger of the human heart. St. Athanasius, the great bishop of Alexandria in the 4th century, said, The almighty and most holy word of the Father pervades the whole of reality, everywhere unfolding his power and shining in all things, visible and invisible. He sustains it all and binds it together in himself. He leaves nothing devoid of his power, but gives life and keeps it in being throughout all of creation and in each individual creature. If St. Paul is correct when he states that Christ is the one in whom we live and move and have our being, what then becomes of us and all our endeavors, social, political, business, and academic, if we take no cognizance of him and do not draw near to him? Oh, we say that we know him. We say that we believe in him. We honor him. So, we omit him. Is this true in political life? If a political political leader today would refer to Christ citing him as a, in a speech, citing him as the focal point of our labor and the source of all our wisdom. He would be assailed by the media and his fellow politicians as a religious fanatic. So our leaders today leave Christ to his sanctuary and the name of God to the last light, to the last line of a speech, so as to signal the cameraman that the end is near and he should begin to zoom away. We get used to this, I imagine, and give it a little thought. I did, at least until I heard a political speech on C-SPAN in which Christ was mentioned not as a good teacher, but rather as Lord and Savior to whom we ought to draw and, and mold our lives. It stunned me. It was an acceptance speech for a person who was running for President of the United States and was the last speech, as far as I know, to be so overtly Christian. It was 1956. The place, the Democratic Convention. The speaker, Adlai Stevenson, the former governor of Illinois, 
The media didn't attack him. The fellow politicians didn't attack him. The Republicans didn't attack him. They took it for granted. Now we think we know him, so we forget him. And our problems remain and multiply. Today our youthful generation seem to be without any mooring, seem to be rudderless. You say you are confused, and life is dismal. It has no direction. You complain that you seem to have no purpose, and that you are questioned to yourself. You are pulled in many directions. Where is the focal point of your life? Where is the pattern which you are to follow? The answer is found in the mirror, which is the God-man Jesus Christ, in whom we live and move and have our being. In Jesus Christ, the perfect man, we discover who we really are. St. John says of him, all things were made through him, and without him was not, was not anything made that was made. The bottom, line, the bottom line is clear. No nonsense. Either we take Jesus as he is, which is Lord, as word, as ruler of our life, not one among several, but the way, the truth, and the life. Or we don't take him at all. And reading about him does not do it. Hearing about him does not do it. Learning, thinking about him will not do it. Embracing him does. And never letting go. In finding him, in embracing him, you find your true self. The love of Christ is not democratic. It is autocratic. We love him on his terms. We don't pick and choose. Jesus must be our life and not part of it. Jesus must be our wisdom and not part of it. He must be our love and not part of it. And this is where we go wrong today. We want him on our terms. And that is not possible. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the young Lutheran pastor who was executed at the direct order of Adolf Hitler, wrote in the cost of discipleship these words, which I think ought to be echoed by priests everywhere, by bishops, and even by popes. He wrote, He does not allow his hairs to go away and make of his sayings what they will, picking and choosing from them 
whatever they find helpful, and testing them to see if they work. Jesus knows only one possibility, simple surrender and obedience. Not interpreting it or applying it, but doing it and obeying it. But there's one big obstacle. Myself. It's big. In the play version of The Sound of Music, there, the Van Trapp's manager, Max, who wants them to compromise with the Nazis, sings, So every star and every whirring planet and every constellation in the sky revolves around the center of the universe, that lovely thing called I. There is nothing as wonderful as I. And there's no way to stop it. No way to stop it, even if you try. The wonderful thing called I. This would be a fitting theme song today for our age of the selfies. We were made by God for a higher purpose. We ought to imitate Christ. Be like Christ. And our searching will come to an end. We would be home. And we would know who we really are. As kingfishers catch fire, dragonflies draw flame, as tumbled over rim in roundy wells stones ring, like each tucked string tells, each hung bell's bow swung Hephine's tongue to fling out broad its name. Each mortal thing does one thing and the same. Dills out that being indoors each one dwells. Selves goes itself. Myself it speaks and spells. Crying, what I do is me. For that I came. I say more. The just man justices keeps grace that keeps all things going, graces, acts in God's eye, what in God's eye he is, Christ. For Christ plays in ten thousand places, lovely in limbs and lovely in eyes not his, to the Father, to the features of men's Faces. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.